Galaxy Toyopolis. This is Cameron James, and you are listening to Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies. Currently, we are celebrating 200 freaking episodes plus of Total Reboot with a three-part mega series going through our favorite films of our lifetime year by year. This is part three, the big finale of this spectacular. Uh, If you want to catch what all these movies are and you have not been writing them down, in the show notes right now, I've got a list on my letterboxd.com account that has each of our lists fully mapped out. So you can click the links, add them to your watch list, whatever you need to do, the lists are there. And if you want to go back back and hear our original listing like this, our lifetime favorites, that long lost episode from the Blank Slate Movie Podcast Archives is now in the Patreon feed for Total Reboots. You can go to patreon.com slash Total Reboot and sign up for just five bucks a month to get access to that and so many more freaking great episodes. But anyway, we're going to get into the show. Before we do, I'd like to say thank you to all of you for listening and stay tuned to the very end because Cameron and I will tell you about what our plans are podcast and comedy wise in the future that we're really freaking excited about and we know that you're going to get really hyped on them. So stay tuned to the very end. Love you, babies. And let's get into it. 2014. What are you looking at here, brother? Oh, boy. Okay, so I have three choices. I've Mm -hmm. got to narrow it down to one. I might need your help. I'd love to help you. Uh, What am I, if not your greatest ally and contributor to your world? That is true. Okay, Whiplash. From Damien Chazelle. Yeah, I just get a lot out of this movie. I'm Mm. I'm a musician. Of course you are. Um, I'm. Uh, I went to schools. I've had teachers. I have wow. had. <laughs> this movie was made for you. This is like what? This is like, huh? Um, yeah. I love J.K. Simmons, so I can mm-hmm. imagine what it would be like to have him scream in my face. Yeah, of course. I love the vibe. I love that it's a thriller about music. I just think mm. that's so cool and unique, and such an interesting way to use like thriller devices, cinematic devices for. What is essentially a movie about a student <laughs> yeah. trying to be good at the drums. Yeah. The drums. We love I love that movie. Love it's it. a great Paul Riser vehicle. It is, it is. Um It Follows is also on my list. Love that film. Yeah, yeah. love, love, love it. And what we do in the shadows. <gasps> What We Do in the Shadows, I believe that's what I picked maybe the last time we did this as well. But I think uh, I that's three movies that I really love. I think I'm leaning towards What We Do in the Shadows. I might have even picked it last time. I can't mm. remember. But I just really fucking think it's great. I think it's after years of The Office ripoffs and mm-hmm. mockumentaries, What We Do in the Shadows felt like it finally progressed that genre further into a, an area we hadn't seen. And kind of captured something, a, a tone that was entirely new with that genre mm. as well. Mm. I think that, I, I don't think, I think it's the pinnacle of Tyker's work as well. I don't think he's made anything nearly as great as that since. Um, and it's like, I feel like it's him working at the heart of his power. It's like, it is a great comedic voice, stylistically fantastic as well. Mm. And truly feels open to like that collaboration that I think makes him a great filmmaker. 
Totally. I love it. I love Hunt for the Wilder People as well. I think that, uh, which came out afterwards, I think it's great. But what we do in the shadows is cool. The world of it rules. They were right to expand it into two TV series. I haven't watched either of them. Neither have I. I can't. I, it's. I can't believe I haven't watched either Paranormal, uh, Wellington Paranormal, or the What We Do in the Shadows TV show in America. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's cool that they've done that, and I kind of would like to eventually check them out, but I just mm. haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Wow. I mean, excellent pick. Excellent pick. Tell me what you've got going on. Um, I picked a movie from 2014. It's called Wild Tales. It's an anthology film, uh, and I believe it's Argentinian, and it is Mm. five stories all about revenge, and it is a blast and a half. It is a kind of comedy thriller where each story is just like a different aspect of someone committing to revenge uh, in some kind of way, and- I saw someone give it a negative review. Um, uh, David Ehrlich, who's like the chief critic for IndieWire, said uh, it feels like a David Wayne remake of Amoros Peros. And he said that as a negative thing. But I'm like, that's the best way to describe why I love this movie. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think Wild Tales is really worth checking out. It's so much fun. Five different short films all about revenge. Very, 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 very exciting movie. I think it's very cool. Kind of Black Mirror-esque in its tones. Interesting. Okay. Fuck yeah. That sounds cool. I'd never even heard of it. So that must mean it's bad? I don't know. Yeah, it's bad. It's a bad movie. (laughs) Why'd you pick it? (laughs) Well, I just like shit movies. I've got bad taste. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 2015, Cameron, what's your pick, brother? Oh, I'm curious if we're going to pick the same one. We are not. I'll tell you, we are not. (laughs) So, you've gone out of the box again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, my friends, I have gone in the box. Even further, I've gone in the ring. I picked Creed. Wow. I mean, that was the other choice I had for this year, basically. I fucking love Creed. We've Mm -hmm. talked about the Rocky movies way too much. We don't need to give it any much more time. But I will say say a few things. What do you love? I'll say one Mm -hmm. thing I really love about this movie. There's a scene Mm -hmm. in Creed where Rocky Balboa, as played by Sylvester Stallone, receives some bad news. Yeah. Can I spoil what the bad news is? Say it. People, see Creed if you haven't seen it. And here's a little bit to entice you, to wet your beak. Rocky Balboa receives news that he has been diagnosed with a form of cancer. Mm -hmm. And the performance that he gives in a one-shot close-up on his face while he's hearing Mm -hmm. the news from the doctor is worthy of every statue, every award. It is so subtle and so small. He's processing it. We watch him process it. Mm-hmm. We watch him feel the, the heartache of it. And then we watch him turn it around in his mind into reflecting on his wife who passed away from cancer. Oh. And it all happens in one shot, in yeah. one take. And he's, he doesn't talk about himself, but he talks about how his wife had a similar thing and the treatments were really hard for her. And oh I, my God, I, I'm, I'm tearing cry. up thinking about it. It's like oh, yeah, beautiful, yeah. such a beautiful performance from Sly. Um, and he's not oh like he's God. not known for giving beautiful performances, but he's so capable of it. And I just love Creed. Every had, had day, to throw it up there. 
Mark Rylance doesn't hand his Oscar over to, to Sylvester Sloan is another day he will spend in hell. <laughs> Honestly, I think is the greatest crime that that Oscar goes to him and not <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I think he is. It's despicable. He should not have gone onto that stage. He should have immediately, from the audience, yelled, "Wrong guy. Pass it to Sly." Wrong guy. Pass it to Pass Sly. Pass it to Sly. Wrong guy. Pass it to Meryl Sly. Meryl Streep's leading the chat, <laughs> clapping above her head. Um, I love it so much. I think it should have been a best picture contender. It's insane mm. that they didn't put it through for that. We talked about that on the Rocky Three episode a couple of weeks ago. And do you know the movie that they were backing? They had like three big ones. Creed's, Mad Max Fury Road was the other studio backed film. Obviously, that's a great pick. That is mm. a best picture nominee. The other one that they were like, no, no, we think it's going to be this one. Black Mass. <laughs> <laughs> crazy crazy you know what black mass is a movie that basically doesn't ex- exist mm. apart from the fact that quite often i quote the line from the movie what's a family secret come on what's a family secret <laughs> which is when he's trying to get the guy from stranger things to give up his gravy recipe or something oh my god it's a stupid stupid movie about whitey bulger <sighs> Um, and just, yeah, Johnny Depp can suck my ass. Blow it out my ass and suck it up, Johnny. You suck a shit, bitch. So I guess you picked Black Mass. <laughs> yeah, I picked Black Mass, one of my favorite movies ever. And I love it when they try to get that secret gravy recipe from the family. What's a family um- secret? <laughs> Come on, what's a family secret? Can you, I've never seen Black Mass. I think I've put it on, and within minutes, I was like, this sucks. So the, the part scene, is the good version the of this movie. The scene in the movie is that, like, what's the guy from Stranger Things? You know, the cop, Hopper? What's oh, that actor's uh, name? David Harbour. David Harbour is, like, in Dave Whitey Bulger's gang, and mm. Whitey Bulger's, like, he's cooked him dinner, and Whitey Bulger's like, mm, this gravy is amazing. <laughs> And then David Harbour goes, well, it's an old family recipe. It's a family secret. And Whitey Bulger goes, what's a family secret? Come on, tell me what's a family secret. And uh, David Harbour says, well, we put a little bit of salt and garlic in the the sauce. And then Whitey Bulger's like, if you do that, you do that to a cop. You'd rat on me. You'd rat on me. If you'd give me the gravy recipe, you'd give up secrets to a cop. (laughs) Gets angry at him. Oh, my God. Okay. It's oh my, so well, stupid. My, my pick is Black Mass, then. I think that sounds really exciting. That Based on awesome. me describing that yeah. fake, fake Scorsese scene. Mine is... My, my pick is Cameron's description of Black Mass. Um, the movie I picked secret. is another documentary. I picked a lot of documentaries this time wow, around, Cameron. Wow, 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 uh, wow. 2015 City of Gold. And yes. This is a documentary about Jonathan Gold, the L.A. food critic, an absolute mm. legend. I think this is one of my favorite films. This is a true comfort movie that I go to, not just quite comfort, because I find a lot of comfort in the beautiful food, but because Jonathan Gold passed away not too long after, only a couple of years after the movie came out. It's one of those movies I watch like purge emotions almost, like I guess kind of like Creed, where I go and I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to feel some heavy shit watching this. Um, and it is... It's like this kind of all about like the passion and the nourishing comfort of food. And above all, it's a film that celebrates this passion. 
and the re- and like those passions that give us the reason to exist, you know. Mm. And I think that it is one of the sweetest films that shows such a sweet, gentle, nice man whose passion is writing about food and celebrating food and helping people find and discover the food that will like bring them great joy in their life and what he did to like help so many small businesses and stuff and like migrants that have just come to America who are like sharing their food with people it is so beautiful and so sweet great documentary every foodie has to watch City of Gold and since then I've watched this movie like five or six times I always put it on and I have also purchased his book that is just a you know, a huge batch of all his writings on different restaurants and stuff. Uh, it's called Counter Intelligence, and it is just so nice. It's such a nice thing to pick up. Like, if I just go, oh, I want to read something for a little bit, but I don't want to read, like, a book. Mm. It's just great to pick up and read, like, five or six reviews that are just beautifully written about restaurants that you'll probably never get to eat at. But it's just, like, such a nice, nourishing way of writing and reading stuff. And probably the best... He's a critic, and I think that his criticism is just beautiful and should be what criticism is, which is, like, celebration and love, you know? Yeah, I've never seen this movie. I like Jonathan Gold. He's in a couple of episodes of Ugly Delicious, and uh, so I enjoyed his And there's an episode dedicated to him of the Chef TV show as well. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, he seems like a really sweet, lovely dude. Mm. Um, I've never seen City of Gold. Maybe I should watch that because I do like food docos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, watching him drive around LA eating tacos with David Chang oh, is very yeah. exciting. Yeah, you will love the movie, Cam. It's all that. Hell yeah. I love people eating. I love to know what they're eating. I love to watch mm-hmm. watch them pop things in the little gobs. He loves to nosh on that. <laughs> awesome. Uh, 2016, Cam. We mm-hmm. might have a... We might be joined up. You reckon this is the year that we're going to pick the same one? It might be, but you've already picked a film by this director, so I don't know if it will come back around to it. <laughs> I know what you're going to pick now. Do you want to announce it? I think I know what you're going to pick now. Mm. Uh, is is this your pick? Yeah, this is my pick. Is your pick pop star Never Stop Never Stopping? It is pop yes. star Never Stop Never Stopping. Yes. By Yoma Takone and Akiva Schaefer. Great pick. It's on my list. It's on my list Mm. right now. I I love this movie so much. It's a fucking blast. And I think that this kind of is doing what you were talking about where in what we do in the shadows, where it's the mockumentary stuff that we've seen so often in TV elevated back again to cinema because you know mockumentaries were cinematic films for a long time before they became to tv like yeah. with the office and stuff and they became much smaller in their scope and scale and that's what the power of them being on tv was but in cinema i feel like it, like the difference is mockumentary on tv is kind of like satire of reality or satire of culture mm. and then documentaries on the big screen are almost just like they're parodies of form and genre Mm. and this is so cinematic this is like how you elevate this kind of stuff to the big screen it's so funny all the songs are as good as spinal tap they're so good yeah you're so right they are as good as spinal tap the secret is that 
they're funny as fuck songs, but they're also mm. really catchy. Like they work as pop songs. Yeah. That opening number that he does, that like I'm so humble song, is a banger. Like it could mm-hmm. you could play that at a party and if it was on in the background, people would think it's just a weird old Kanye song or something. Yeah. <laughs> and like that gay rights song that he has does sound like Macklemore or something. It it's does. Crazy. It's so funny. And Tim Meadows. Oh God. He's I reckon best. he maybe has never been funnier than he is in this film. He's one of my guys that like when he appears on screen in anything, I'm very, very happy. I'm always mm. happy when Tim Meadows pops up. He fucking rocks. Do you remember that episode of Fly on the Wall that he was on where he was like talking about fighting people and shit? Yeah. He like he has like a history of being t- a tough guy. Yeah, I was like, I was what? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You're like the gentlest you comedian. About? You're a nice guy. I yeah, thought. but I I like to know that's in him. He's got mm. a bit, got a bit of dog in him. I like. And him. I would say the joke that stays in my head from it is um, just like a beautiful tangent joke where they talk about Bill Hader who plays their mm-hmm. roadie mm-hmm. and he just goes, yeah, I'm really into flatlining, which is like, you know that movie Flatliners where they die and bring <laughs> themselves back? Oh, that's my hobby. <laughs> that's so funny when they cut to him doing it. Yeah, they must have filmed so much for this movie that didn't quite make the cut. Mm. It's great. A lot of great performances from a lot of great comedians. Um, I, I love it. I saw it at uh, Golden Age Cinema oh, in yeah. Sydney, did a screening of it within the last year, and I went- With and, Film Club. Yeah, with Film Club. I went and watched it, and it was the first time I'd seen it on the the big screen, Yeah, because it didn't really get a cinematic release over here, and it was so fun to see it with a packed cinema of people. It's a blast. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm jealous. I wish I'd gone that night. That was on my list um, alongside a couple of other picks, including The Nice Guys, Mm -hmm. which I quite enjoy. I think that's a blast. Got to get a sequel. Where's those nicer guys at? Yeah, come on. We want to see more of Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling together. Mucking around in LA in the 70s or something. Mm -hmm. Come on. That was a movie where I fell in love with Russell Crowe all over again. I was like, he is a behemoth in this movie. I love (laughs) him. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling giving some great physical comedy performances in this movie. Very Mm -hmm. funny stuff. Get Ryan Gosling in the Coen Brothers comedy. Oh, my God. Perfect choice. Mm. Perfect casting. Love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also like to include The Founder. I know it's a little bit of a nothing movie, but I really get a kick out of it. I love... I love, uh, like, the McDonald's. whole- McDonald's. I love Maccas. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing about how Maccas started. I love McNuggets. I love, I love McFlurry. Maccas. I love Big I McDonald's. Love shake. I love Cheeseburg. Mm-hmm. I love Grimace. The, and it's about Grimace's origin story. So, he starts as a man and becomes yeah. a Grimace creature. I love Grimsby. Oh, wow. All my heroes. My favorite Happy Meals coming together. But I got to give this one to a documentary as well. A fun documentary. One that um, you and I have talked about a lot and mm-hmm. that we've evangelized a little bit about. I'm oh. giving it to Tickled. Oh, I love Tickled. Yeah. He's got a new movie coming out soon. I saw. Yeah, I saw. I'm Mr. excited. Mr. Organ. It sounds really w- wicked. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I, I love his work. I love Duck Tourist, the show that mm-hmm. he made as well. 
David Farrier, huge shout out. You're an influence and inspiration, sir. Big influence. Don't call people, sir. <laughs> sir, <laughs> you're an influence, sir. Don't call him a gentleman and a scholar either, please. You're a gentleman and a scholar, sir, oh, and I appreciate oh your work. I hate it when people do shit like that. <laughs> I hate it. Sir, your work has had profound influence on my life. Oh, and I thank you for it, sir. Do you call uh, women my lady as well? I say, madam, your work has been wonderful, madam. If I were to meet David Farrier, I'd say, my liege. <laughs> I'd bow down to him. I'd hold out my hand to receive a shake. Yes. I love Tickle. It's a blast. If you haven't watched it yet, please watch it. It fucking rules. And yeah, there's and the Tickle a, King, the little follow-up the movie. Tickle King, the follow-up. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that was like key influential Stuff for us while we were making the podcasts. Um, yeah, finding. I may I reference them in the pitch document I sent to the ABC about finding Drago, and wow. they said we get it, sir. You love this guy. You keep calling him a gentleman. <laughs> you said my liege. <laughs> I said no a more. gentleman filmmaker. David Farrier made a movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, let's move on to 2017. Okay, my pick is. Phantom Thread. Oh, my God. Now, out of all the Phantom movies, Phantom of the mm-hmm. Opera, Phantom of the Paradise, Phantom Menace. The Phantom. The Phantom starring Billy yeah. Zane. Is this your favorite Phantom movie? Um, Yes, it is. I really had to think about that for a moment. <laughs> and I can safely say it is. stupid question <laughs> with absolute sincerity. Well, I would be a dishonest man if I lied. So, I was like, no, out of all of them, Can you rank is. them? Okay, ranking them, I'm putting the Phantom at the bottom. I used to love it as a kid, but I don't well, know if it really holds up. You don't up. like Treat Williams? I do like Treat Williams. And you like I like him treat. in that movie. You love I love treat. a treat. I love Catherine Zeta-Jones, it's yes, true. Please. I love the ghost who walks. I love the history of the Phantom. Yes, but yes. I'm putting a... And I think Billy Zane, he's one of the best. He's great. One of the but best what? Bottom. Actors that are Greek. And balls. <laughs> Him and Telly Savalas, I guess. Him and Telly Savalas, two of my heroes, bald Greek guys that I love. <laughs> then I'm going to go Phantom of the Opera, any version of it. Don't really give a fuck about it, um, but I like the Universal Monsters one. Um, and but Ugly man. The- He's an ugly man, the Phantom. He's got a fucked up head. <laughs> He's got a fucked up face. Then I'm going to go Phantom of the Paradise, another movie about a yeah. fucked up head guy. <laughs> Paul Paul Williams, is it? Yeah, I'm talking about Paul Williams, not the Phantom of the Paradise. <laughs> um, then I'm going to go the Phantom Menace. Wow, okay. Because it's got fucking funny guys in it, like Jar Jar Binks, and the greatest actor of all time, Ewan McGregor. He's so good. Oh, my God. My favorite part is when uh, Qui-Gon Jinn says to Jar Jar Binks, I will find you, and I will kill you. <laughs> I'll swim down to your little town underwater, and I will find and you, I'll- and I will kill you. I have, a, <laughs> I have a peculiar set of skills. Is that the line? Peculiar. <laughs> That's so funny. He's on the phone. I've got a peculiar set of skills. I have a peculiar set of skills. <laughs> I do I'm some pretty wacky stuff. I can do some pretty crazy things. And he starts doing impressions on the phone. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm going to come kill you. Oh, oh Mr. Happy. <clears throat> you don't want to see Mr. Happy. And you put Phantom Thread number one. 
Phantom Thread number one. I remember seeing the cinema and going mm. like, oh, probably my least favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, five stars. Since then, <laughs> I'm like, this is my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, five stars. I think it is so good. There's one moment in the film that's like my favorite thing he's ever done where Mr. Woodcock, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, not talking about Mr. Woodcock, the <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> character. The Sean William Scott movie. Yeah. Where he's is um he's poisoned, he's lying in bed, he's like got that high fever, he's going a bit delirious. Yeah. And there's just like one second where you see his mother in the room. Yeah, I love it. Flickering through light and then she disappears. That I want PTA to make a whole movie that feels like that, where that's the whole movie. Just a ghost kind of a ghost movie. Yeah, yeah, I love that shit. I um as I was I avoided this for the longest time. I just looked it looked boring. It wasn't really doing mm. it for me in the uh, promo materials I'd seen. I finally watched it last year, and I reckon up until that backstretch where there's lots of like fevers and <clears throat> poisonings and shit going on, I wasn't really digging it. Mm. But then I just couldn't stop thinking about it afterwards, especially yeah. the way it ended. I just thought, oh, that's what it was about. It just took a long time to get there, like built the world up and Mm. then the movie became what it was about in the last half hour sort of thing. And I really loved it. I loved the idea of, you know, codependence and like a sort of sickening romance. I was was into it. Great movie, great performances. Vicky Creeps, Leslie Manville, so good. Mm. Oh, there's also a really great performance by... Let me look up her name again. Daniel Day. <laughs> no, yeah. I know that one. I know that name, but there is a performance by an actor whose name I never remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to find it. I'm stalling for time. Harriet Sansom House, yes! could you mean? Yes. HSH. Yeah, of course, she steals the whole show in the next movie. Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. Licorice, Licorice Pete. Slice of Pizza. Licorice Pete and his crazy friends. Harriet <laughs> <laughs> Sansom Harris. God, she's good. Mm, she gives so a, a, a great performance. Mode. Great performance. So funny. So sad. That she everything mm. she's good at. I want her in the Eternals. Oh, I want her to be <laughs> Angie's sister in Eternals. <laughs> I love that. Like the, the high water mark for us for anyone's <laughs> career is that they get to be in the Eternals sequel. Yeah, well, because it's the meeting of art house and studio <laughs> box office hits. So finally, it's where all these actors can live and thrive. <laughs> I can't wait for her to kick Kumail's Kingo ass in the next <laughs> Eternals movie. Harriet Sansom Harris versus Kingo? Come on. That's box office bonko bucks. Harriet Sansom Harris versus Neil Patrick Harris. Who wins? <laughs> mm, is this in Whoever wins, we match? lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your 2017 pick? 2017. Oh, yeah. Okay. Look, I was torn between going for a more art house movie that I really loved or going for something that I just have watched quite a few times out of pure joy and love. Um, the art housey pick was Florida Project, which mm. I really do love. I think it's such a beautiful movie. And again, I love the whole world of it. It's like what we talked about earlier with like trash being filmed in a beautiful yeah. way, like does it for me. Like I love the rundown 
hotels. Yeah. I love the like kind of overgrown suburbs. Um, I love, yeah, I just love it. I think it's a really beautiful movie. I, I, mm, I like, I like, great movie. I, I also really like, uh, Willem Dafoe in it. My God. Oh, like, my it's God. like a, it's, it, it redefined how I view Willem Dafoe that movie. Yeah. Like, he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> he's hot and nice. I thought he was scary and weird. He has a big dick. Have you seen that? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen his penis in The Last Temptation of Christ, the most unholy time to witness it. Yeah. He's got a fairly decent hog on him. The guy's packing a hammer, we know. Yeah, he nailed in Jesus's fucking nails with that hammer. <laughs> uh, um, I also put John Wick 2, and uh, I really mm. just like those movies. They're a lot of fun. John Wick 2 is my least favourite of the John Wicks. What's your most favourite? John Wick 3. Yeah, I like Chapter Parabellum. 3, Parabellum. I like Parabellum mm, a me lot. Me too, I like Parabellum. But I've gone with Logan Lucky. Uh, it's <gasps> yeah, an, cool. another Soderbergh pick. One of your heroes, Steven Soderbergh. Would you know what I realised? Like I was going to say, this is like Soderbergh is a director who has made some of my favourite movies, but mm. I also don't think I could ever say he's one of my favourite directors. Really? But okay. I do love. Uh, there's like three or four of his movies that I just fucking love. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'd ever go so far as to say he's one of my favorite filmmakers. I don't. Did know you see Kimmy yet? Not yet. I really loved Kimmy. I think it's my favorite of his return to cinema films. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, he directed the final <laughs> season of the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, <laughs> and I think it's the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> do you like Logan Lucky? I do. I love Logan Lucky. Yeah. I rate it really highly. I, I put it up there with his, like, I put it maybe even above Oceans at this point. I think it's- just, What the fuck? That's it's crazy. It's a fucking fun movie. You're a madman. It's a hillbilly shit. I love it. I love hillbilly you stuff. You love the hillbilly stuff. I love country stuff. I love mm-hmm. all that. I love all the low-key performances of everybody. It's Logan. Excuse me. Uh, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chan. I love yeah. Chan. Yeah. Chan could be in a Coen Brothers. He is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one that we don't watch or think about. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. I picked it last time for one, oh, of my, wow. one of my picks. I do love him in that. He should be in a good Coen Brothers movie. I think that is a good one. <laughs> that just being silly. pretty good. It's a, I'm being silly. I'm just trying to be humorous. Well, it's, it's landing. It's working. <laughs> It's crushing. I'm shitting myself laughing. Oh, God. Well, we better sweep it up. <laughs> 2017. That's my 2017 pick. Logan Great Lucky. Great pick. Logan Lucky. Fucking wonderful picture. Absolutely. Are we moving on to 2018? No, let's talk about Hail Caesar a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 2018, I got two picks. I'm, I can't whittle it down. I got two that I really love. Right. They're both Netflix films as well, which is kind of crazy. Holy um, fuck. What? One of them is... Yeah, I got two in there. This is where Netflix hits is the big Is one of them time. Hubie Halloween? It's Hubis Halloweenus. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, 2018... Two picks. One of them was a 
Best Picture nominee and one Best Director. The movie is Roma by Alfonso mm. Cuaron. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Seeing that in the cinema was a mind-blowing experience. It's probably the best sound I've ever experienced in a cinema mm. where there were times where I was looking behind me because I thought people were talking, but it was the movie. And it was just, I, I never had you never been so to a cinema before? like that. Only ever watched things in stereo or mono. It was the first time <laughs> they unlocked 5.1 in my cinema. <laughs> um, it just really captured me. I think it's such a beautiful film. I think it's gorgeous. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful movie. I have a confession to make. I've never seen it. You should watch it. It's Everyone fantastic. says that. And everyone it's said fantastic. it at the time. And I kept saying, I will, I will, I will. And then I just haven't. Yeah, you should. It's great. It's so beautiful. It's so... It's just great. It's such a great movie. His best film. And Alfonso Cron's one of the best directors and it's his best movie. Wow. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Really? That or Prisoner of Azkaban? I don't know. Probably those, <laughs> between those two. Um, and then the other one is a documentary from Netflix uh, called Shirkers. Did you see Shirkers? No. It came Andy out Andy Shirkers? While- <laughs> Andy Shirkers. He's a CGI guy. <laughs> He played a monkey, he played Gollum. Um, uh, Shirkers is a really interesting documentary. It came out just after we finished making Finding Drago and it was coming out. Um, and I was just like, oh, wow, this is so in that kind of investigative space. Uh, in 1992, teenager Sandy Tan shot Singapore's first indie road movie with her enigmatic American mentor, George, <laughs> who then vanished with all the footage. 20 years later, the 16mm mm. film is recovered, sending Tan, now a novelist in Los Angeles, on a personal odyssey in search of George's vanishing footprints. So it's a documentary mm. about that, about collaboration, and when people are like... When some people are givers and when some people are takers, and it's about someone who's like a taker of energy, hmm. it's a really, really, really fascinating documentary. I don't really hear many people talking about it, but um, whenever I like we work with like other documentary people, I'm always going like, "Hey, have you seen Shirkers? That's the one!" And people hmm. like go really crazy <clears throat> for it. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. It looks fucking great. It's really cool. And the, when they show footage from that film, you're like, oh, my God, that looks beautiful. Cool. All the 16 mil stuff looks fucking amazing in Shirkers. Sick. And he's Shirkers. That sounds great. Yeah, he's so funny as Gollum. He's so funny. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm going to add that to the list for real. That looks fucking great. Yeah, I might actually make that my pick. Sorry, Roma. It is going to Shirkers. Yep. Sorry, Roma. Ricky Roma. From Glengarry, Glen Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and your pick, Cameron. You can for tell we've been recording for a while because it's just. Yeah, we've lost our minds. Descending into um, word association. <laughs> it's like you say something, I make the reference. <laughs> <laughs> you say the reference, I do the citation. <laughs> I'm going to try and avoid any further word association to make it. The next 15 minutes are going to be professional with no riffing whatsoever. Zero riffs. Why would we? Why would we riff? Okay. Because it's funny. 2018 strangely became a tough one for me. I looked at at first glance. I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I know what my pick is. But then I kept going down the list of things that came out and there was so many that jumped out at me as movies that I just really enjoy. I really enjoy Black Klansman. Mm-hmm. Great fucking movie. Great movie. I really enjoy uh, David Gordon Green's first Halloween flicko. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I love Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Mandy's cool. Mandy. I also like Creed 2 a lot. Mm, I don't know I if I've Creed ever too. talked about that. We did. We did a whole podcast on it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We did. I don't think we've ever discussed our love for the, that franchise. No, no. We did a whole podcast. Creed 2 paired with Rocky 4 no, for the release of so. Finding Drago no, to really push so. people towards that beautiful product that we made. And yeah, it is a product. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with the one I, I think I picked this last time because it's just incredibly beautiful and I can't really ever get past it and it's eighth grade oh yeah great movie i Mm. think it is so good elsie fisher fantastic performance yes yeah i mean we've talked about it quite a bit we don't need to go over it again Mm -hmm. but i will just say it's beautiful and it's so real and it really fucking connects with Mm -hmm. those feelings that you have of anxiety when you're a teenager and i know that sounds daunting but it's actually quite cathartic to watch it again yeah. and go oh god yeah this is universal everyone goes through this it's quite mm-hmm. nice yeah wonderful movie cameron great mm. choice yes thank you i agree what about you um shirkers i said it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> But eighth grade is so good. I love eighth grade. I remember squirming so much at that scene in the car. Mm, like that made yeah. me so uncomfortable. I remember I saw with Aaron Chen and B Baba Skirla, our dear friends. Mm. And when that scene was on, I was like, oh, I'm going on Instagram just on my phone. I needed to escape it because it just felt so tense. But it's also nothing. It's just like just the weird, creepy shit that you remember from a teenager mm. that kind of is nothing but has some kind of stink on you. It's, like, so good. Really great film. I, I hope he makes more, like, narrative films. Me too. I hope so. Stop doing stand-up, dude, and just make movies, Stop please. redefining the stand-up comedy special Enough, as we know it. dude. Go back and make cool little movies. <laughs> All right, 2019. Wow. Yeah, this This is a tough one. Can I tell you? This was, I think, the greatest year in our movie going lifetime. Wow. Like a a lot of people talk about 2007, people talk about 1999. I think 2019 will be remembered as along with those years where we see so many different works that are like the, like, like, like 1999, where we see those filmmakers that have had some smaller successes go on to something much bigger that defines their work, mm. to other filmmakers that are like the legends and classics coming back to make the work that defines their whole careers almost wraps things up in an interesting way, mm-hmm. to then just new artists burgeoning out and making something exciting. I would tell you, before I do my picks, because I've- I, I had so such a hard time. This was like such a big mm. year for me yeah. as a movie lover, a cinephile, and someone that celebrates cinema. Um, there was one week that I had where I was reviewing three movies, and it was the best week of my whole fucking life where I saw these three movies in the cinema. I saw The Irishman, um, and then I sat behind David Stratton and talked <clears throat> to him about it afterwards, and like we were mm. glowing all about it. Then the next day, I saw Marriage Story, Mm. Noah Baumbach, um, and I sat behind Margaret Pomerantz. And after I talked to her about the movie, and 
She was mixed. I loved it. And then later that week, I went and saw Pain and Glory, Pedro Almodovar's mm. film. And these were three of the best movies I saw all mm. year. Is it a, is, truly, Cameron, was the best week of my fucking life. I, oh, my God. I, I was so happy seeing these three great movies by three artists that were important to me throughout my whole life. But they're not my picks. Oh, my God. I struggled between two other movies because I was like, those were that was the best week. I've watched those movies heaps, but I'm like, if I have to think, what will be considered true cinema classics? Like, that'll be undeniable as classics of cinema. And I had two that I was like, I actually genuinely think these will be classic movies one day. Um, and they're both by directors that we like mm-hmm. a lot. And it is, I think, for both of them, uh, both sets of directors, if you will, um, Mm, I know elevating their stuff to the next level and sure. like going to that next level. Can I ask, do you think one of them is your pick as well? Yeah, I believe so. Well, then maybe I'll say the one that I don't think is your pick. Then. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Little Women by Greta Gerwig. Great, great pick. Great as pick. I, just a phenomenal <laughs> adaptation. Mm. Just so insightful on the work. Uh, and a whole, like that's a movie that we talked about being remade and rebooted countless times mm. like so well not countless like seven times a lot of times you can count it you could count you it you just it shouldn't wouldn't be that hard mm. yeah <laughs> but to find a new way to tell that story that mm. connects all over again deeper with a new generation of people i i think it is amazing and i think taika waititi will spend it every day in hell for winning that Oscar <laughs> over her for adapting whatever that Jojo Rabbit shit was. I think that this is sublime adaptation and just beautiful, simple filmmaking to mm. bring that story to life again. I think it's <clears> tr- I think it's going to be a like true classic that will stand the test of time. That's a great movie. I loved watching that. I, I didn't expect to love it as much as I did, but I mm. just really got sucked into it. Beautiful storytelling, wonderful direction, great performances, mm. oh, sneaky yeah. little Bob Odenkirk cameo. Oh, my little women. I'm hooked. I couldn't yeah. believe it. And the second pick, is it one that I can currently see behind you on the shelf? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Great pick. Great pick. Beautiful <laughs> cut. Co- oh, you got two copies. I got two copies of it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, wow. Both great covers. Yeah, great covers. And I got the standee of the fella right behind me as well yes, folded over. Yes. You want to say the title of it? The movie that you and I have conjoined on mm, finally mm. is Uncut Gems by the Safty Brothers. Uncut Gems. Oh, my Lord. This movie awoke something in me. It it was like it was the world, the universe said, what are the, all the things that Cameron loves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It truly, that's how I felt too, yeah. Cam. Well, yeah. I was just like, oh my God, my favorite actor, yeah. New York, gritty, yeah. yep. Sydney Lumet shit going yes. on. It also yes. feels like Carlito's way. Like it Eric is- Bogosian popping up oh, in there. Oh, we love the bug. We, we love, love the goes. We love the goes. Julia Fox and her ass. Yeah, we got the fat Jew. Remember that guy? Mm. Oh, my God. I forgot he's in the movie. Oh, my God. He's in it. Wow. What a relic of popular culture that he was an Instagram joke thief. Yeah. And then he makes his way into a Safety Brothers He's in film. a Safety Brothers movie in one scene. Wow. It's great. I just, I love this movie so much. It was, I remember when everyone came out, 
all the rhetoric was how it was an anxiety-inducing movie. Mm. I've never found that to be so. I've always found yeah. it to be an incredibly exciting, relaxing film. Yeah, to watch. <laughs> me too. It was a comfort <laughs> movie for me. I love it. I watched it with my mum and she was like, oh, God, this is good shit. Like, she, she, she's not a big Adam Sandler. She kind of hates him. Yeah. And then I was like, mum, you got to watch this. It's like fucking Dog Day Afternoon or some shit. Yeah. You'll love it. And she was going crazy for it. Yeah. She's watched it like works. three or four times since. So exciting. I've watched it so many times. That year, I watched Uncut Gems and 100% Fresh mm. almost weekly, both of them. Yeah. I just loved both of those things so much. It was a big year- for me and the Sandman. We love you, Sandman. Thank you so much for the gift. I the almost safeties. picked, and I want to give a shout out to, I almost picked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm. I almost picked Us. Um, yep. I wanted to give special mention to Doctor Sleep, which I really jo- enjoyed. Was- I watched that recently. I think it's great. It's way better than it has any right to be. Um, mm-hmm. And I also really like John Wick 3 Parabellum. So I'm giving shout mm. outs to all of those. I Parabellum. I'm just going to say this because we'll mm. probably never ever talk about John Wick ever again. Yeah. Um. But Parabellum, if they don't have that little bit where he goes to like Morocco or something, mm. and if it was just one crazy night where he's mm. like starts on that horse riding through New York, mm. I actually think it would be like a five star movie for me. Even though the shit that they do in Morocco is cool, it's cool. And Halle Berry's great in it. <clears throat> yeah, but I it love was that. Just whole that bit. kinetic energy of that push that one crazy night feeling it would be a fucking classic i think the horse stuff the fucking Mm -hmm. knife fight it's just unbelievable i get emotional thinking about mark the cascos getting Mm. the call up to Mm. be the big bad in that movie yeah 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 he's a he was a director video guy from my childhood he's the fucking host of the uh, iron chef america and him getting the call up to the big leagues like that, I'm gonna start crying thinking about it. It's very exciting. I'm like, so I can't wait for the fourth one. We got freaking Donnie Yen in there, dude. Do you see John Wick Four? It's called John Wick Four, Chapter Four. No extra subtitles. Isn't that crazy? To like, what are they doing only do there? a subtitle for one of them. <laughs> what are they doing? What are they John doing? John Wick, then John Wick Chapter Two. It's not a fucking book. Why is it called Chapter? And then John Wick Chapter Three, Parabellum. What, what is Parabellum? Is that know. a character in the movie or something? Don't think so. I think it's an operatic term, isn't it? What does it mean? I don't cool. know. I'll is never. I, it always. If I'm going to be honest with you, it always makes me think of the Gooch. Like what's really? That, what's that area? Like the technical term? Oh, the perineum. Perineum. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's like John Wick Three perineum. John Wick Three perineum. <laughs> Wow. But 2019, what a great year. I'm looking at more. The Lighthouse, mm. uh, Parasite, Knives yeah, Out, Midsummer, yeah. Book Smart, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Fuck, that could have been my pick too. Mm. Sound of Metal is so good. Yeah, totally. Uh, the Farewell, Shazam, Detective Pikachu, <laughs> uh, Zombieland 2, Double oh, Tap, Double Tap, Aladdin, oh, Lion boy. King, Lie Action oh, yeah. Remake, Jumanji, The Next Level. Um, So many good movies So many good movies Ma comes out that year Fast and Furious presents Hobbs vs. Shaw (laughs) I've still never seen it Uh, It's alright Yeah, sure, I'm sure it is Shall we move on? Yes Hindsight is 2020 And so is the year that we're about to discuss Mm. 2020 Now I have a question for you, Alexi Mm -hmm. Uh, The pick that I've made 
<clears throat> I'm unsure if this technically counts as a feature film. Mine's also not a feature film. And I think we're not picking the same thing. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, it's. I don't think we would be, but I, I think we both like the one that I've picked. Yeah. Mine is a live Broadway show that was filmed and released. It's not Hamilton. Don't Hamilton! Worry. <laughs> I can see you're getting excited thinking it's Hamilton. It's um, American Utopia. The David Byrne oh, and Spike yes. Lee. It played in cinemas. It counts. It counts. We saw that in a cinema, so technically it's yeah. a movie. Yes. It is a movie. Spike Lee directed mm. it. It's a concert movie, you know? A concert movie, yeah. I've watched American Utopia so many times since we saw it. I just love it. I think the songs mm. are sick. I think the yeah. choreography is cool. I think the music is rock and roll. Mm. I really love it. Yeah, it's a great pick. And it's. I remember talking to you about it when it came out because I loved it. But I think one of the things that kind of maybe put me at odds in some kind of way with it was I loved the new music for the thing so much that I felt like the talking head stuff felt out of place. And I can't remember what you said, but you had a great insight onto how they worked for you as a whole to coming together. I can't remember what I said either, but they are rearranged. They're new mm. arrangements of talking head songs and they're stripped down to whatever the instruments that are that are being used are so there's a lot of percussive instruments this time around so for me like it works entirely as a whole like the whole thing is a theater show essentially mm. and everything is being rearranged to have the same aesthetic and oral quality so i can i can listen to the i listen to it i'll just put it on yeah. on spotify and listen to and it feels like one one piece of work now, he's currently working on something crazy. I, I've been wondering what David Byrne's up to now. And I heard on a podcast that he's like working on a, a new theatrical experience that's in like a warehouse where every Whoa. room is its own. Every room is its own concert. And like wow. David Byrne moves from room to room and the audience moves with what him. What the frick? That's I'm awesome. So I would like kill to go over there and watch that. Yeah, I would go over, I think, if that's happening. Yeah, it sounds so cool. Like he kind of does some songs in one room and then fucks off. And mm. then you like everyone in the crowd wanders through this warehouse into another oh space God. and there's something else going on in there. Come and Spike's on. direction is so good. Like I said before, yeah. I love him, how he works in narrative and non and nonfiction as well. I think it's so, like, this is a good melding of the two. I always said as well that the comedy special that he did, oh, yeah. um, the Kings original comedy. Kings of Comedy, so good. was kind of the um, stop making sense of stand-up comedy mm. films. And this, it's interesting to see him step into Demi's shoes and work with David Byrne. I think it's, I think it's a genius choice to get him. Big totally. year for him he did as well. He did the Five Bloods the same year. Big yeah. year for Spike. Yeah, big year, big year. Very exciting. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, what did you pick? Um, it's an interesting year. It was a year of lockdowns, so it changed my movie-going experience a lot. Mm. Saw some great movies in the cinema, saw some really great movies that were released via streaming, and my I remember my favorite movie of that year was the Melbourne Closing Night film for Melbourne Film Festival that was online called Emma by, Padro, uh, by Pablo Lorraine. Um, great movie, 
But also, that came out in 2019 in some film festivals. It didn't screen on big screen in Australia until 2021. So I was like, this was such a complex year for all of that stuff. I wanted to pick something that was a bit outside of the box that kind of reflected that year for me, which was watching a lot of movies at home mm. on my home theater setup, um, which is not a genuine home theater. It's just how I uh, play TV. at home, you know, how I enter the church in my <laughs> own space. Um, and... It is Steve McQueen had this artistic experiment this year where he made five films called Small Acts that were released on TV, um, uh, but there were five feature-length films, each about a different aspect of life in the like black Carib- Caribbean community in London between the 60s and the 80s. Five different aspects of that mm. life. And every single one of them is fantastic. But there are two that I think are magnificent. And one of them is Small Axe Mangrove, which is a courtroom drama. Um, and it's just phenomenal. Letitia Wright is amazing in the lead role. But the one that really sticks with me and resonates with me, and the one that I've watched like several times over and over again, um, is Lover's Rock. And this is a 70s set one. Uh, which is takes the term lovers rock, which is like associated with Caribbean music, reggae music, as like the sweet side of it, like sweet mm. music. And this is the true heir to that kind of floaty space that we talk about with Dazed and Confused, where it is a one night, it's a party, and it's a house party. And for me, it was at that time I hadn't gone to a party. I had not. I was so scared I didn't leave my house at all, basically. And this was just like the most beautiful, realized version of like that floaty feeling of like being at a house party and music kind of taking over. And two or three of the best needle drops you've ever heard, including hmm. this song "Funny Games." Hmm. Um, just so so good. I love it. Steve McQueen ascended to a whole new level for me with this ex- with this artistic expression. And "Lovers Rock" is the best one of that whole batch. I remember hearing people talk about it. I never really knew what it was. I thought mm. it was a TV series or something. I didn't realize that it's anthology. Um, yeah, film. Five feature-length films, and some of them are released at like film festivals in cinema, and they, but they were all like put out on TV. Um, but it is superb; it's so good. But in particular, Lovers Rock, I think, is even as great as everything else is. It's a cut above. It's beautiful. Oh, that's so cool, man! I'm looking at it now. There's such a great cast as well. Letitia mm. Wright, who you mentioned. Yeah, is in it. John Boyega. John oh Boyega is really fantastic in it. Yeah, this is great. What a cool thing. I didn't even know about it. It's so worth watching. Just five beautiful feature-length films. Not only interconnected in, like, their space. Like, it's in the same kind of part of London and the same community. But no carryover characters. Separate kind of styles to all of them. And just kind of like, man, you know, these art house filmmakers like Steve McQueen. There could be ten years between they make movies. Mm. And then one year he just makes five movies and puts them out. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. That's crazy. My God. Where can I watch these? Um, they're pretty accessible these days. I think I bought them all on iTunes. Uh, they were on Binge originally, mm. um, but I think I bought them all on iTunes because I was just like, I just want to... I think I even bought them on DVD as well. So, like, I would die if I could not watch these again one day. Fuck yeah. You reckon you'd actually die? I think I would jump from some kind of heights. Okay. How high? 
five meters. I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it's pretty high. It is pretty high. Yeah, it's like but, two and know. a bit stories. Yeah, yeah. It's pre- actually maybe that's too high. I would really hurt myself. <laughs> Shall we move forward to two thousand and twenty-one? Yeah, twenty twenty-one. The year. We went back to the cinemas. Yes, and we did go back to the cinemas to see a film together that mm-hmm. I've decided to pick for my pick. Oh, my God, emotional. You're making me. Yes, before to I... To quote uh, Yoda, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was. I'm going to gloss over the fact that you just said that in the most insane way that I could imagine. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to give a couple of shout-outs first to mm-hmm. uh, Summer of Soul, the Questlove documentary. Oh, fuck, that's so good. That was the first movie I saw in the cinemas when we went back out. It I went to the 10am session. It rules. The, such a good movie. So good. I also love Power of the Dog a lot. I thought that mm-hmm. was a blast. I thought Nobody was a lot of fun. Yeah. But the pick that I've gone with is one that I saw with you at the cinemas, a movie oh. called Licorice Pizza. Oh, great movie. And that was a great screening. Great screening. Great screening. Very great audience. All our friends were there. It was yeah. so nice. Had a bunch of buddies in with us. Everyone was on board. Everyone got like kind of sucked along in this weird, mm. dreamy, sort of narrative-free movie. I, I haven't... Yeah. You know what? I haven't revisited it since we saw it at that screening. Only revisited it very recently. Roisin hadn't seen it, so we put it on a few weeks ago. And it is so good. I, she loved it. I loved it. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that movie. I'd love to... I think I'll watch it again at some point soon, but I just mm-hmm. was so charmed by it the first time that I almost don't want to revisit it in case I don't like it as much, you know? I liked it a lot, but that first time was so special. I'm yeah. there with you, man. I loved it. Five-star experience. Five-star. Five-star experience. What have you picked? I also want to give a few shout-outs. I think this was another great year, especially because we were getting back into the cinema. Mm. So, a few movies. I really loved The Green Knight. I loved The Power of the Dog. I loved Drive My Car. I loved Pig. I loved After Yang, which I caught this year. Mm. Um, I also just re-watched The Worst Person in the World, and it's so close to being like such a like a perfect movie for me mm. um i also love this animated movie called the mitchells versus machines thought that was uh, so yeah. much fun great animated film but and also i love bob and star go to vista del mar so funny. yes that was a blast one of my favorite comedies in the last few years but there's one movie that i've come back to and it's just, i think it's only the second time that director has re-emerged on my list and i'm and i'm like oh of course it's this director that's come back because i am shocked when a director goes through like a whole career has made true classics in my opinion of cinema and then in i guess this is almost late period for them They've had a resurgence, but they've had two of my favorite movies of their whole career have just come out. Uh, and this is 2021 from Pedro Almodovar, Parallel Mothers. And this was one I got to see in the glory of the State Theatre at the Sydney Film Festival when things came back. And it is just uh, I think it might be my favorite of Pedro's films since mm. All About My Mother. And I said the same thing about Pain and Glory when that came out. Just mm. love those two movies. And I can't believe he's doing his best work now. It's like kind of shocking to me. Um, and this is a film, 
It's pa- called Parallel Mothers, and that's what the plot is. Two unmarried women who become pregnant by accident are about to give birth and meet in a hospital room. One is a middle-aged woman uh, played by Penelope Cruz, and one is a teenager. And it's about like their parallel lives at the same time. And it does this thing where Pedro Moldova has movies like this that are melodramas mm. that are about so many different things. Like, there's so many different plots, and then the story around them is about something else that's far greater. And there's this B-plot running through this movie that becomes the story of the film. Like, it encapsulates it all, which is this story about the Spanish Civil War and how, like, this one village that Penelope Cruz's family is from, where, like, the men were taken out and murdered, basically... And it becomes about that. And, like, you know, that's something I've talked about with you and someone talked about in Finding Drago, how, like, that is similar to my family history as well, like, during Greek Civil War and stuff, like, against the fascists and, uh, like, the e- like the evil occupation of the fascists in Greece. And when I saw this movie, I was like, I don't know how he could do that. Like, how he was able to create something so meaningful about like that generational trauma mm. that's like from the someone else's experience that's passed down through the family and it's just sublime filmmaking it's like his best shit ever and i can't believe that he was able to make something that feels you know there's times when you i was watching me go like oh this is all over the place but then by the end i go this is like a work of true genius from him this is it's unbelievable. This is the one that slowly became my favorite film of 2021. I had a lot of time to think about it. I've still never seen it, and I know, I know you love it. I know a lot mm. of people love it. I've kind of, yeah, fallen off with a lot of his films. Really, I haven't. Well, you said he was a big blind spot for you. Yeah, totally. Pain and Glory is another one that I remember mm. being so pumped for, and I just never got around to it. I think the last one of his that I watched was The Skin I Live In. Yeah, creepy, great yeah. movie. He's kind of foreign to horror. There's one I would recommend. Like, if people don't know his work, like, All About My Mother is such a banger, like, easy to recommend. And Talk to Her is maybe his most famous. But that one, I love. I think it's a masterpiece. But it's so weird now. Like, it's a movie that truly could not be made today. Um, but it won, like, best screenplay at the Oscars and stuff like that. So, it's mm. a weird 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 thriller so cool but bad education is the one that i kind of would recommend easily to people um as a jumping on point because it's like a one of the best neo-noirs with like a plot that is so unique to pedro's voice Mm. and a great gail garcia bernal performance at the center that's kind of the one that especially for you because you're a neo-noir guy Mm -hmm. um (laughs) that's a great nickname for you by the way neo-noir guy neo-noir guy i like it but uh, it's a bad education, easy recommendation if you want to get into Pedro. Fuck yes. 2022, the year that we are currently in. Mm-hmm. Do you have one? I do, but this has been difficult because nothing has truly grabbed me this year. There's been a mm-hmm. few that I've enjoyed. Um, I liked the new Halloween movie, Halloween Ends. I thought that was And me too. Fun. I liked it a lot. I know people weren't into it, but I had a good time watching mm-hmm. that. Obviously, I liked Prey. Um, I liked Windfall as well. What's Windfall? I don't even know that. Windfall's that thriller with um, Jason Segel and... Um, oh. What's his name in it? 
Oh, I got to watch Siegel, this one. Jesse Plemons, Lily Collins. Um, yeah. It's cool. I think it's worth a watch. It's a little like really tight little thriller with only four mm. people in the cast and great performances from everyone. I really enjoyed that. Um, but my pick is maybe obvious. It might even be the one that you've picked. I don't know. But I've picked Nope as the movie that I mm. love the most this year. I said to you on the podcast that I've loved Jordan Peele's movies each one more than the last. I feel like he gets better and better and more exciting as a filmmaker. Mm. And Nope really fucking did it for me. I had a great time and with that movie. You're a big Spielberg guy, big Jaws guy. Yes. So it hit all the hit all the notes that I didn't even expect it to hit, but that's what made it so exciting. Yeah. Oh, far out. That's a great pick. I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. Mm. Grateful I got to see it on the big screen. I've had a really good year at the cinema so far. I've got a lot of picks that was hard to whittle down. Um, I loved The Civil Dead, uh, that Whitmer Thomas movie that we saw. Mm. The Quiet Girl, this Gaelic movie, was really moving. I loved Triple R. I loved Barbarian, Top Gun, Maverick, everything everywhere all at once. And I also really, really loved 3,000 Years of Longing. Mm. But my pick that kind of comes out on top is The Stranger from Thomas M. Wright. Australian crime thriller movie like nothing I've ever seen before in that genre, in that space. I've become really obsessed with it, to be honest, Cam. Um, I know. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't shake it off me, this movie. <laughs> uh, when I saw it at Melbourne Film Festival, a movie has never got un- under my skin like this before where the entire film I felt like I was on the verge of a panic attack. And I think that's like partly of like the way that Thomas M. Wright makes you form a physical connection with the movie it begins with like joel edgerton guiding you through a meditation of sorts like to breathe the film in and breathe the film out to connect with it and i just have been i'm obsessed with it i think it is the best movie i've seen in ages even um mm. and i was lucky enough to host a q a with thomas m wright for the actor screening here in sydney and i think he's the most thoughtful filmmaker australia's produced in quite some time Fuck yeah. Yeah, I still haven't watched it. I've been uh, a little uneasy about going Mm. in on something so dark. But, you know, when the time is right, I will dive into it for sure. I think that's what it is with this one. It's hard to... I I obviously recommend it highly. But it's it's a recommendation with caveats. Like, it is dark subject matter. But it's handled with so much empathy. And it is handled in a way that's sun describable like I talk about how tense it feels there's no grisly imagery at all there's not even one moment of gore or anything in it no violence mm. but it captures like the darkness of this subject matter so deeply and powerfully in uneasy watch but really worth it it's playing in golden age cinema for a little bit more if you want to see on the big screen otherwise everyone in the world can access it on netflix right now it looks beautiful in that like 4k on there you also mentioned everything everywhere all at once which is a movie that i'm almost embarrassed to say how much i liked it because it feels Mm -hmm. like everyone liked it and everyone had big reactions to that movie but i saw it in the cinema with sam campbell and we were like really enjoying ourselves and then i watched it again recently with my wife and i was like really fucking emotional in that final mm. 20 minutes i yeah. it kind of took me by surprise even though i knew it i'd seen it but the overwhelming nature of the film 
I mean, it's a pretty great magic trick they've pulled where they make yeah. you care so much about a movie so silly and they mm. t- it turns into like quite a powerful I don't know how what the fuck they've done like it's just crazy filmmaking like to make you yeah. care about these characters in a silly like kung fu comedy you know I know this film has its detractors as well and I I get it I get the detraction of it but to me there's like this genius thing that they do so early on where they just go where, you know, Michelle Yeoh is in this movie and then they connect that character with the real-life movie star power that is Michelle Yeoh. Mm. That is just, to me, it's like genius understanding of how culture latches onto people. Yeah, she's incredible. It's a wild performance. Like, Mm. I don't know... I don't, I don't, I don't know how it can be overlooked. I really hope it doesn't get overlooked for any statue. Mm. Give some statues to Michelle Yeoh, please. I think so. I really, I actually agree with you. I think that I hope she wins Best Actress. Yeah, it's a sensational performance. Um, God, that's the end of it. That's holy that's every crap. year of our life. And now we must perish perish unfortunately this yeah. was our last mission on earth was yeah. revealing our favorite movies each year of our lives yeah um but this has been so nice very lovely to celebrate 200 episodes of this podcast of you cameron and mm-hmm. you the listener as well yeah very grateful for all your support um that we've had making this podcast over the years everything that's brought into our lives is all because of people sharing the passion of cinema with us and mm-hmm. then uh the support of the work that we do yeah, totally. This podcast is the best fun. We have such a good time doing it. We love getting to hang out. We love that it's been an outlet for our comedy over the last few years and it will continue to be an outlet of comedy for us mm. and of connection with all of you guys. Things are going to change a little bit, uh, which we've hinted at a little bit in the past. So it's all for good reasons. It's all very exciting. Yeah. Alexi and I are working on more finding projects at the moment we had such a great time making finding users it was really rewarding experience for us to life-changing i would say yeah life-changing creative experience to tell that story and to be able to connect with clara and to be able to like express what we wanted to express was the dream that we've kind of Mm. been aiming for since we started collaborating together and yeah. we are going to make more of those. The thing stuff is, in that world, yeah, yeah, stuff in that world. Basically, the thing is, it takes a lot of time to make mm. these things. It takes like so much research and writing yeah. and workshopping and scripting. And we've basically been working full time at it's least for like the last job. three weeks. Yeah, and yeah, we've been full time yeah. on it uh, at the moment, and we'll be full time on it for another few months. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, so we're gonna have pull. We're gonna pump the brakes a little bit on this show just for a mm. little bit. Yeah. So in the future, we've got a plan for a new concept that we want to do together in podcast form that'll mm. be in this feed in the future. That is still in like that realm of like pop culture celebration, like Total Reboot is, and the way Finding is. But it's just like a new take that we are wanting to express. So it's kind of closer to Finding style mysteries. Mm. Uh, but in a more kind of casual way, I guess I'd describe it, where we'll be looking at interesting stories, curiosities, and oddities in that kind of realm and mm. looking at pop culture in a different way than we have been in Total Reboot. I think we just... The movie of the week format is something that 
we want to move beyond with you guys to kind of inspire your journeys through popular culture in a different way. Mm. And so things are going to change, but we want to like focus on that in the future. And that'll be something a little bit further down the line when we have like the great time to jump into it, like full yep. feet and really dedicate ourselves almost like a way of finding like B stories in the finding universe, stuff that kind of kind of live to color that world, like eccentric curiosities and stuff in that kind of cultural pop culture space. Yeah, there's just the way that Alexi and I talk to each other just as friends off mic mm. is often by telling each other weird strange little pop culture or show business stories that we've heard, you know, like, did you ever hear that when they were making this movie, this thing happened? Or did you ever hear that when they were recording this album, they accidentally did this Mm. in the studio? We want to basically bring that level of insider, conversational, fun pop Mm. culture stories to you. Um, Almost like campfire or sleepover tales, you know, but- from pop culture. Yeah, that's sort of a vibe that we're interested in. It's something we're keen to explore in the future. Mm. Um, for the next little while, though, I think we're going to take a little break because we're full-time researching yep. mystery. Don't worry, we're seeing each other every single day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, also, we're not friends anymore. It's like, no, no, we see each other more uh, than ever. We see each other, every share an office at the moment and see yeah. each other every single day. But because it's such hard work doing that, we do need to take a little... Uh, time off yeah. from this but so um, be, but you'll be doing be stuff lex you'll be keeping yeah there's something there's like in that meantime because this is kind of like you know we've done 200 episodes of total reboot plus so it's like we want to kind of like i guess kind of figure out more stuff in the future so that new podcast down the line they'll be more like the cam and lex show in the meantime i've got like this concept that's a movie show that i've had an idea for for the last couple of years, I've been telling Cameron about it. So, we're going to use that time to kind of muck around, do a few occasional drops, regular drops when I say that. Um, they'll be like kind of experimenting with like this talk show idea I have that will be about like accessing my special skill of being a cinematic sommelier, a recommender of movies to kind of get interesting people like your Cameron Jameses to come on tell me about a movie that they love so deeply and me kind of helping them find other pictures out there that are in that same vein that they have yet to discover. I think that's something I get so excited about. It's about like inspiring that discovery in cinema in other people. And it's something that's hard to do in that movie of the week format that we've been doing for a long time. So I want to kind of experiment a little bit with that idea over the next little while and probably do some like you know movie chat stuff all the time dropping in regular stuff Cameron will be joining as well mm. but that that will just be in the meantime we've got a little bit of a break period between finding Jesus coming out starting research on a new thing and then we'll have a little bit more time next year where we're like okay this new Cam and Lex podcast is what we really want to be doing for some like kind of fun weekly comedy investigation, discussion, discovery, curiosity, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think to us, when we look at what our future is, the finding stuff is Mm. what we want to do with our careers. We want to be telling these big, crazy, weird stories that are funny and they're also documentaries. And we want this podcast feed to kind of be a companion piece to that in Mm. the future. So, it'll be... Yeah, it'll be slowly merging into a more chatty story show. But in the meantime, I'm really excited for what you're going to do with it, Alexi, because you've been telling me this idea for a while and I think you'd be perfect 
to do it. Uh, you're the only. Actually, you're the only person who could do it. <laughs> I yeah, can't think of anyone else who could do <laughs> no it. No one else could really do it. So it's just something I want to do and try for a little bit. Um, you know, just we've been doing this podcast for so long, mm. and it always helps us and helps the listener when we refresh and like find a new way to look at things. We've just mm. got that little bit of space between now and the next idea where we're just like, man, we should finally try this idea. So Cam will be joining me from time to time on those. Uh, we'll get some interesting guests. So just let me know. Also, I'd love your feedback listeners on like what you think is exciting about that concept as it's going along, as it's kind of evolving and figuring out. Cause it's just an idea I have that I've wanted to try and figure out and kind of who would be the guests you'd want to hear talk about movies with me maybe they're total reboot regulars maybe they're people in that podcasting space that or any kind of space that you want to hear me talk to about the movies they love and movies i think that they will love Mm, yeah man i'm excited and hopefully you'll have me on as a guest once or twice well, it's still your podcast feed, wow, so you'll be there. You'll be awesome. there. I'll allow you on there. That's so cool. Thanks, man. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just in the meantime. The new podcast from Cam and I in the future, yeah. fucking can't wait. It's like a idea we've been kicking around for like the last few months. We're just like, mm. oh, I can't wait. We just want to start it now. We just don't have the time to really like dedicate to it. So we're Unfortunately, just like, we're too busy Googling shit every day. <laughs> Yeah, but genuinely sincere thank you to everyone that supported us on Total Reboot and any of the ventures that you've... There's, the support's been immense. It's been so nice. We are so lucky to have an audience. All our friends are jealous of the beautiful audience, the beautiful listeners that we have. So, it's yeah. been so touching. All your support. Fucking hell, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank, you, you. thank you. Thanks, guys. We love you so much. Thanks for supporting us and letting us live our stupid little comedy mm-hmm. dreams. It means, it means the world. So, we're going to take maybe a couple of weeks off and then I'm going to come back with uh, some new format stuff, working it out. And I would love your support and your collaboration on that, dear listener, to like figure out how to make this idea work. And then I can't fucking wait to start this new Cameron Lex Hell podcast yeah. next year. It's going to be fucking ripper. I'm so excited. Me too. Um, anything we'd need to plug? Uh... Um, I would just love to point people towards Finding Jesus if you have not watched wow. it yet. I'll it's check the it out. documentary that Cameron and I made. It's fucking awesome. It's so cool. It's the shit that I hope we get to do for the rest of our lives. Mm. Uh, and it is looking more likely every day that we could get to do more shit like that. Mm-hmm. So um, check it out, please. And check out, you know, the past 200 episodes of Total Reboot. There's so many fucking episodes in this feed that I'm so proud of. There's some of like the best podcasting we've ever done that are so funny. I go back and re-listen to them sometimes because it's just like nice reliving memories of funny conversations we've had with each other <laughs> and like insights that we've like blown each other's minds with of like a new way to look at a classic film or film that perhaps should get that classic status mm. or should be withheld from ever being seen ever again. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, check out Total Reboot. Like <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody. And may I say that every day should be in the service of cinema. Wow. It is Beautiful. the artistic gods on our earth are those that make movies. And we should be freaking bowing down to them and dedicating at least one day a week in service to them. Also, TV shows are cool. Not in my opinion. They're the devil's work. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. See you later.